This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. One Day is a limited series available on Netflix. Here's a clip from the trailer. Sun illuminates a girl's face. It's one of the great cosmic mysteries. She smiles. How is that someone can go from being a total stranger to being the most important person in your life? She and a boy share a smile at a party. They have a picnic on a grassy hill. What do you want to be when you're 40? Am I allowed to say rich? He meets a group of screaming girls. What about you? I want to do something that actually makes a difference. Change the world, you mean? Maybe just my own tiny corner of it. Based on the global bestseller, looking tired, the girl works at a computer. You have all these people telling me how great you are. I'm smart and funny talented. Oi. I've been telling you for years. They lie on the grass together. So why don't you believe it? Oh, gosh, you can always get me excited by playing some music by the Cranberries. Well done for a movie trailer right there. Entertainment critic Amy Amanti has a review of One Day. Hey, good morning, Amy. Good morning, Dave. Amy, I can't imagine it was just the Cranberries music in the trailer. Why'd you press play on this one? You know, the the title of this film was was uh was ringing bells in my ear and I was like oh why do I know the title of this film of course there's a book by the same name but it wasn't that it was that there was another movie that was made uh 2011 I believe it was there was a movie starring Anne Hathaway by the same name um which I had seen probably in 2011 um and had totally forgotten about because it wasn't that noteworthy um so I thought that I would uh check this one out to see if it was uh you know the same different wah wah or not right okay. so um I was curious I was curious I that that's a very interesting uh setting of the standard there can this be better than wah wah and uh and then moving from there so it's it's clear that this is a very individual driven storytelling. This is about mm. chemistry between young actors. How did that chemistry come across on screen and through dialogue? So you've got these two young British actors, literally 18, 19 years old. Um, Am- Ambika Maud, um, who plays our Emma, and um, played playing uh, our Dex or Dexter is Leo Woodall. And um, so you might know Leo from uh, the White Lotus series, or um, I mean, they don't have a lot of credits. They're so yeah, young. Yeah. And I was blown away by the chemistry of these two young performers. You know, I've said it before in that sometimes when you have actors that are unseasoned, you strip away this like ego thing that actors have to do the performance performy thing. Um, and it just is like this raw magic. These two are like magic together. And um, and it's so compelling to watch uh, and listen to. And um, and that really was one of the big draws. After watching the first episode, I thought to myself, oh, is this going to be kind of teeny bopper-ish? Um, am I going to be interested in this kind of genre? And, you know, the minute I met these two characters, I was like, 
oh geez there's something kind of magical here mm. and that really got me glued right from the beginning was was trying to um it was diving into the, this fact that there's this like pool of chemistry that you can just marinate in, which was really beautiful. It's a limited series, but it's still a fairly mm -hmm. large series, 14 episodes, mm -hmm. and it does play with time. What did you think about the way in which the film played with the passage of time? Yeah, so yeah, 14 episodes, about a half an hour an episode, so really digestible. Um, what would they say, binge-worthy, right? Really easy to binge, um, which I found myself doing uh, at some point. So they meet in 1988 and uh, on July the 15th at their graduation party from Edinburgh University. So they've gone to, Ed uh, to university for four years together and sort of, you know, you cross path somebody in the hall and you don't really know them but yeah. he has quite a reputation in the school as being the sort of don juan of the school <laughs> and she's kind of the, the nerdy girl so like you know that's a classic trope um uh that we see in these kinds of shows but so they meet sort of on a on a, a graduation night on a dance floor and uh they were sort of meant to have a one night stand and that doesn't happen you know, she wants to talk all night and he just wants to get in her pants and that doesn't happen. And so they form this friendship and we see them on July 15th, you know, year after year after year after year. So the passage of time means that we are only seeing them on July the 15th every year through the passage of, of, the, of time through several decades as they grow, as they mature, as they build chemistry and relationship over and over and over again, wondering if these two will ever come together or how that will be because they're exploring who they are as individuals in their lives and uh, what happens to them in their lives. So that does a really excellent job of making both of these individuals become kind of their own lived in people, um, which is really great. And it also does a really good job. I was watching this with a, with a sighted individual in my family. So, you know, we're going from 1988 you know, a couple of decades. So they start in their 20s and they go to sort of their late 30s, maybe even early 40s mm. um, of, of gently aging these characters in their faces, in their clothing styles, in the sounds of their voices, these very subtle changes in their mannerisms. Um, so it's not overwhelming. You're not seeing these huge overwhelming changes, but you're seeing sort of the maturity and their growth and their characterization. It's really lovely. And it just happens so organically that you're not sort of um, shattered as it's happening. You're not like, oh my gosh, well, like that happened like too quickly, mm -hmm. right? It just happens so subtly. Um, so I thought it was really, really like it was really well done. This may be diving like too granularly, but I but I find that style choice and storytelling to be fascinating. I'm mm. curious if there was other representation of the passage of time, just in terms of saying, okay, now we're in 1995. Was there something that kind of planted you in the timeline beyond their own evolution? Uh, well, I mean, from a from a filming perspective um you know you get the date <laughs> yeah, uh, that, yeah that always that always appears but you know you get the passage of time from these characters you get the passage of time from other characters in their lives that come and go um you get the passage of time because the story can be fragmented so yeah, in one yeah. in, in one episode 
you might uh, be talking about, say, a mother character, and then in another episode, um, they're picking up on something that's happened to a mother character um, that you don't know that's happened because you've missed something in the year, right? Yeah, so they follow yeah. up like, oh, really? Oh, what's happened? Or somebody's died, but you didn't see them die because a year's gone by or something like that has happened. Um, and so you haven't seen the impact of the character or a funeral or an accident or any of those pieces that could have happened in somebody's life. But then it's just mentioned sort of in passing. Mm. Um, and so the passage of time uh, is noted in sort of these subtle moments. And as a viewer and a listener, you kind of go, well, yeah, of course that's expected. These things are going to happen through the passage of time. Um, and you don't really go, oh, shoot, I wish I had seen that moment. Because it's just like you would have, you know, reconnected with an old friend and you're sitting at a dinner table and they're telling you what's happened in their their life over the year. Or like you get the holiday, you know, the the Christmas letter every year about what's happened in our family for right, the last right. year. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like Cole's notes of what's happened. So you get these kind of brief little um, bullet points of things that have just happened that have been kind of noteworthy for them, but it's all about the moment of when they come together that mm. they really focus on. So yeah, there's sort of these little whispers of things that happen, um, and then there's the moments that they they that they come together that they really focus on. Super cool. Uh, what yeah. about the audio description? Audio description, of course, is really helpful when you have movies that are the passage of time. Um, this one also does a really great job with the diversity description because our our heroine, our heroine, our, our lead female is of South Asian descent and our male character is um, a, a white guy. And this plays into socioeconomic um, status uh, with the two of them and racial status with the two of them that plays in a little bit as they grow and develop into their human, uh, their, their, their lived in humans. Um, and so without having that sort of diversity lens, you miss out on those pieces as they build in their careers and face barriers in their lives or face, not face, but like experience privilege in their lives. Um, that sort of makes them very different from each other. Um, so yeah, that's a really important, important piece of it as well. Yeah, really great job. I, I can tell that there was a lot here that you really liked. <laughs> so, so, so like specifically what worked, but also maybe what's the counterbalance, what didn't work? Yeah, so I mean, the, the passage of time piece works quite well um, in this sort of storytelling, uh, uh, I guess, genre of filmmaking. Um, I think what we lose a little bit in this, because each of these, you know, 30 minute episodes is like a little, uh, and one, one of the critics talked about it as being like a little vignette, right? Sort of a little... Um, uh, a little sonnet, I think is what he called it, of of where they are in their life in that year, which I thought was a really nice reference to uh, what, what we were looking at. Um, and uh, uh, But what happens is that sometimes it drags just a little bit um, in these little sonnets. Um, not too much, but sometimes it can drag just a little bit because um, the chemistry is certainly there. Um, and it changes, but sometimes it's sort of like, yeah, we saw this sort of same chemistry in another sonnet. Um, because chemistry, when you have it, you have it. And so we're like, yeah, we got it. They they have chemistry, right? Mm -hmm. So that kind of repeats itself. And so I thought that in some moments, um, there was maybe too much of the repetition of the same chemistry. But then it starts to sort of diversify itself when you get the conflict 
in there. The conflict is so where the richness comes in. You know, the chemistry is great. We all want to see happy, happy, happy chemistry, but the conflict is where the richness comes in, right? Um, conflict is what we want to see in every piece of art that we watch. We want to see flawed characters. We want to see the conflict between characters um, and how that chemistry plays into the conflict. So that's what it does really, really well. Um, and then, you know, um, there are these moments where the music of it sort of leads you and music does this in everything but in this particular series i think the music um leads us down this path of how we should feel about what's happening in these sort of sonnets um maybe a little bit too much i don't think it needs to be that sort of over overwhelmingly mm, uh, leading us down that path little heavy but little heavy-handed the the viewer the listener we're not um you know we're smarter than sometimes uh we're given credit for um, I learned this in, even in my own solo show when my director says, you know, you got to give your audience some credit. You don't have to like spoon feed them everything that will figure it out. Um, and so I'm keenly aware of this more now than I've ever been in my life. So, you know, I'm a little bit more aware than than the director and the writers think that I am. Mm. And so sometimes I think like, I'm not a child, I get it, right? Um, so there was a little <laughs> bit of that that I felt that I was being spoon fed a little bit too much. Um, and other than that, you know, uh, if anybody's seen the other movie or read the book, it's it doesn't have a happy ending. And so, um, uh, you know, after after following this journey, there is a sort of a life lesson that's learned at the end of this. And you've spent so many so much time with these characters that you kind of feel a little bit let down. That's not that's not a uh, uh, um, a result of the storytelling mechanism. That's that's a plot function. Um, but still, you can't help but feel kind of like, oh, really? That's yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Um, that, but that, that's the way the story's written. That's, that's and, what they want you to feel. And that's okay. Not every film yeah. needs to have a happy ending. Not every series Absolutely. needs to be happy and sunshine because uh, yeah. real life is not always uh, sunshine and rainbows. Uh, Amy, yeah. so with with that said, you, you've you've counterbalanced this nicely. Do you rec <laughs> do you recommend it? Because because it's been recommended to me by a few people. I've yeah. not hit play yet. I uh, there's a lot going on right now. But like yeah. I, uh, I I've not hit play. But I've been told that I would really like it. Do you recommend it? I really like this. I'm not much of a like romantic, sappy, sappy kind of person often, um, but I made space for this one because of its unique sort of storytelling style. And I really, really liked it. Um, but I've actually heard other people who were like, yeah, it wasn't for me, but I would make space for it. I, but you have to give it kind of the first couple of episodes to settle in um, before you go, nah, not for me. So give it kind of three, four episodes before you go, yeah, I'm not gonna watch the rest of this. So that would be my recommendation is give it some time and, and you'll either decide if it's for you or not. But I, I would say, yeah, it's worth it's worth at least the first four episodes. This is the beauty. If you have Netflix, what does it yeah. cost you other than time to press play? Absolutely. <laughs> no, time is valuable though. It is, but if you're an insomniac <laughs> like me and you have troubles falling asleep, then it can be like, you know, it's better than counting sheep. <laughs> I don't know if a uh, uh, series being cure for insomnia is a stunning endorsement. Amy, thank you for this. Have a lovely day. Yeah, you too, Dave. <laughs> That's Amy Amanti's review of the Netflix limited series, One Day. So you can find that streaming on the old Netflix machine. Coming up after the break, it's the regional news update. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv.
I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.